When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard production. It is Monday. I'm Rob Stats Carrera, and look who's here. Finally, after like a month and a half, I feel like, Vish Kumaran. What up, Vish? What's up, Rob? To be fair, it's been a month, and you say, look who's here, like someone wasn't working at ESPN on Mondays for two of those Mondays. You had to be working hard. You had to be employed full-time by the number one a sports network in America or maybe across the world. So you're kind of a big deal here. Thank you, but nobody cares about that. They care about 49er stuff here, right? They care about training camp. It starts tomorrow. I'm so excited. I could feel the football season descending upon us. I cannot wait. We're going to get into that. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you like the show and you want the show to continue, you have to leave reviews. It helps us in a huge way. It helps people discover us. It's big for us. So please, please, please leave a review. And if you do, I promise we will read it on the air. Like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to Vish Kumaran's YouTube channel, which is just Vish Kumaran, right? It's just your name? I think so, yeah. Yes. So it's uh, formerly Blake and Vish Sports. Shout out to Blake. There you go. So please, please, please do that again. We appreciate all your support. All right, Vish, training camp. It starts tomorrow. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to have a joint 
press conference tomorrow. We're going to hear from players tomorrow. Now, the first practice is until Wednesday, but I'm just so glad that we are going to have actual stuff to react to soon. Oh, me too. Me too. It, it's I was enjoying this offseason, and we hit July, and we hit this kind of lull and dry period where it felt like the same topics were being repeated over and over again. Now, we got some good content, right? Like the Play Callers podcast was a quality drop in July. There were a few other tidbits here and there. But I'm glad that we can get away from speculating things that we aren't actually seeing. I I feel like one of the most difficult things about being a content creator, especially at this time, and in some ways, last off season, especially during this time when I was kind of just sitting, oh, no, I was back from India at this point. At this point, I was kind of just sitting in my apartment, observing and um, consuming a lot of this content. Um, a lot of people have a lot of strong takes based on things that, you know, they don't really know and they're just predicting. And you kind of get influenced into being involved in having those takes and you kind of start seeing things a certain way. And then when you hit preseason and you're actually seeing things play out on the field, you find out like, Hey, so many people are just playing this crazy game of telephone where they're pushing out certain things a certain way, or things are being told a certain way when they're actually not. So this off season, I I did my best to try and remain disciplined enough to not fall into this guy has improved this much based on this. This guy's improved this much based on that. Right. The big one right now is Trey Lance working out with Mahomes. I, I tongue in cheek posted, Um, on Twitter and talked about it on streams last week, the picture of Solomon Thomas and Aaron Donald looking as shredded as ever working out together before the 2019 off season. Um, Not to compare the two situations, but just to show what happens in off season talk and all of that. So I can't wait to see these players and coaches talk about each other over the course of training camp and then have my opportunity to actually see what's what when we see it during preseason. Would this be the Trey Lance video you were speaking about that just dropped a couple days ago, which you can see if you're watching? No, no, no. So this one, this one is nice. It got me hyped up, too. I heard my man Ryan Hensley's voice on it. Shout out to him. Like, that's Mm -hmm. pretty huge. But I was more so talking about, oh, he's working out with Mahomes. So therefore, like, he's going to get X amount better, right? Like, got it. I, I don't necessarily... It's not that I don't put stock into it. I'm not going to put stock into it based on a 20-second clip that his release looks smoother and he looks better throwing the ball. I'm going to watch it in preseason, and I'm going to find out. I guess part of it is also one of my biggest disappointments, Rob, and I don't know if we were talking that much at the time, though we were talking quite a bit at the start of last year before this show even started, was I fell for it a little bit. Like I expected Trey Lance to have made massive improvements over the course of last offseason to be a completely different player now that he was going to have the full offseason, the full-time starting. And I, I, I won't forget, I went on with Larry Kruger. It was my first time going on in YouTube in a minute. That's why I remember the show, other than the fact that I remember most things, which is also pretty odd. But I remember that show. I remember after the Texans preseason game. Now, I know, Rob, that they didn't have their starting offensive line. It was Aaron Banks' first time starting and all of those kinds of things. He played extremely poorly in that game from a quarterback standpoint. I remember thinking, man, like all these – flaws that I saw last year in the little time we got to see him still seem to exist. Now we never actually got to see if he improved or not because he got hurt five quarters into the season. But I guess that's my long, you know, lecture and spiel on why I don't want to fall for, hey, he looks good for 10 seconds or this person said he looks great in camp. I, we're going to get a chance to see it and we'll see what's yes. what then. 
starting Wednesday. Like we're going to, it's not like a thing like all oh, months from now, like this week, we're going to get a chance to see it. I love this Robbie 439 on YouTube. I bumped into Tiger Woods last week. Now I'm an amazing golfer. God, I wish that was all it would take. Let me tell you, because my game could use some serious work. But see, then we got this salty cyclist. He is salty. Vicious. I'm a, a little bit of a doubter. Like, yeah, he's not going to magically get better the year after he plays a quarter and he plays four quarters, not even, and then rehabs from a major ankle surgery. Like, he needs to play. He needs yeah, to play. I, I, give me give me the player that's transformed themselves like right. that in an offseason with, by playing four games of football the season before. Sign me to nine watching on my Twitch page at stats on fire. Vish spent all that time moving and still has blank walls, <laughs> colored walls, colored walls. Color does not count as something you have on your wall. You can't be like, Oh, I decorated and it's just paint. Like that paint is not decor. Do you know, do you want to know what the decoration is? I have a big living room. So my one bedroom apartment is fairly big for all the people in California watching it. It's 860 square feet. For a one-bedroom apartment. I know all of you are jealous. That's one of the nice things about not living in California, living in Chicago. Yes, I do have a fan. I had a fan in the other one. It was just put in a different situation. But right now, my furniture simply consists of a 20-year-old futon that I took from my parents' basement and a TV to watch football. That's all in my family room and one more desk for working. I plan to furnish this as a little bit more. If we reach this point of the season where we're in the playoffs next year and my walls are still blank and it looks like I'm still, you know, not, um, yeah, it's pretty pricey, but yeah, no, it's very pricey. I, I wasn't even flexing there, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, if we reach that point and everything's still empty and all that, then sign me to hold me accountable, hold me accountable. I'm asking you to hold me accountable, Okay. But I plan to furnish this place a little bit more. I plan to. Spend the moolah a little bit. There you go. Adult. Try it. You know, just for a change. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, Rob. I'm just 23. You yeah. Know, two like, years into, or four, five years into adulthood. When I was 23, I was married. Okay. So let's okay. not. Oh, wow. Wow, Rob. Okay. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> not all of us are as responsible as you. <laughs> Robbie 439 says, it'd be really funny if Mahomes plays bad this season. I wonder if people will say it's because he was around <laughs> Trey Lance too much. That is hilarious and funny. But I feel like, yeah, like that's what people are saying, right? Like, oh, Trey is near Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to be better this year. Like, no, that's not how it works. Look, I saw the video. I'll, I'll throw it up on the stream one more time. Uh, it's cool. He looks, you know, he looks Better. fine, like a quarterback. Okay. We have no idea if it's going to be anything. But this is the weird thing for me. I don't know if you noticed this, Vic. Mm -hmm. Last week, the 49ers website put out a link to a Kyle Shanahan comment that was like from the owners' meetings. And it was talking about the quarterback situation and it put it out like it was new. And I thought that was really, really weird because it had been months old at this point. Here is the comment that the 49ers website. And then because of that, everybody else started talking is, about. Is this the old interview with Steve Weish? Yes. From a while ago. Here's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. I get how everyone wants something set in stone, but it's not set in stone. And, but I love the options and I love the experience that Brock got. I love that Trey has gotten some too. And I love the ability that we have in the room. And besides those three, I love our team around them. So let's let it play out. And all I got to do is survive the press conference. Hey, why do you think that the 49ers themselves 
have suddenly put this out there again, and now we're all talking about it again. Because I, I think they like – well, one, it's they don't know when Brock Purdy is coming back, right? Like everything can be following a certain timeline, but you don't have that assurance until he's actually back, right? And so that's one. And then two, I, I think they like having this QB position up the air because it's it's a distraction from everything else that they need to do. Like they keep this competition. They're set, not setting anything in set in stone because they don't know. And they're just trying to hedge the crap out of the situation by saying, we believe in all three of them. And we like this guy and we like that guy. But they are also right now hoping that, as Mike Florio says, they all have a shamrock in their ass. And what that shamrock's either Trey Lance turning into an excellent quarterback overnight, which again, right? Like that's what they're expecting. Sam Darnold to just flip his career around to 180 based on situation or Brock Purdy to just come back healthy and just be there and be ready for week one. Those are three things that need a different amount of luck for the 49ers in completely different ways. And they know it's out of their control. So instead of saying, well, yeah, we created a situation where we need to see, they're they're just actually, no, that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying we created a situation where we needed something like this to play out. And this is where I'm a skeptic. This is where I'm a doubter. When have you ever heard the head coach of a team that's top five in Super Bowl odds talk about their quarterback situation like this? It's so weird. And it's almost like the quarterback situation keeps the pressure off the rest of the team, right? Let's just, I know this is crazy, but if you can imagine 49ers fans, imagine there was no quarterback controversy, right? Let's say the 49ers just lost to the Eagles. Everybody came out of that game healthy. Brock was going to be the starter and there was none of this, right? What would we be talking about right now as training camp opens? Super Bowl or bust. That's it for the 49ers. Can they get it done? They're choke artists. They keep going to the NFC Championship game and they keep losing. Kyle Shanahan, should he be fired? Do they need to bring in somebody to get them over the top, right? The narrative, the whole narrative around this team changes if there's no quarterback competition, quarterback controversy, quarterback situation, whatever you want to call it. But because there is... Everyone's talking about that. When's Brock? Is it Trey? Is it Sam? We're not talking about the overall, the kind of bigger picture stuff with the 49ers. And like you said, maybe they like it. I don't know, but it would be a lot different. It's, it's the optimum position, right? And I, I, I don't know if I've said this on air, but certainly you and I have had phone conversations, many that have trended towards this conversation. I think all their skill players, like the reason George Kittle is so popular the reason Debo Samuel is so popular, the reason Brandon Ayuk is so popular, the reason Kyle Juszczyk is so popular is because they're the, they're the stars on the team without the quarterback. The quarterback takes the shine away. And these guys, even though they have to constantly answer questions about the quarterback, they're the ones that get the publicity to answer the questions about the quarterback. It's Debo Samuel said this about the quarterbacks. It's George Kittle said this about the quarterbacks. You don't see those kind of headlines for any other team Right. I mean, look at the difference in Tyreek Hill and how we view Tyreek Hill with Mahomes versus how we viewed him with Tua. He's the same star player no matter what. It's who takes that shine from you. And in some ways, I think they like like Kyle Shanahan gets more credit that way. Um, Debo, Kittle, all of these guys, the defense, everyone gets more credit because of how this quarterback situation is. And the other thing that they also don't get is the blame. When have we walked out of a 49ers game and said that was on Debo Samuel? That was on George Kittle. That was on Kyle Juszczyk. That was on Eric Armstead. That was on Fred Warner. That was on Nick Bosa. Now, mm-hmm. rarely is it on them, too. They're excellent football players who almost always play very well. 
But we never talk about their misgivings or their flaws on specific plays because the overwhelming issue is that the quarterback was not good enough. And that is the case. That is the truth of the 49ers. That's the crux of their issues. But I also think in some ways they like being the team without the quarterback. It, it almost makes them arrive without needing a Super Bowl to do that because they've made it so far with Jimmy Garoppolo, with Brock Purdy, with Josh Johnson, with Trey Lance, with Nick Mullins, with C.J. Beathard. And it's almost like people credit them that like you've won a Super Bowl by making it this far right. by, without a quarterback. It is a very, very weird situation. Kyle had that little slick joke in there, right? All I got to do is survive the press conferences, right. which, I, which I think he does mean it that way because he hates right. press conferences so much. Kyle and John Lynch are going to speak to the media tomorrow on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, I believe. And then Kyle will actually speak to the media again uh, Wednesday after practice also. But, so, Kyle, but Kyle hating press conferences is also the same thing as the Play Callers podcast of Kyle wanting to show RG3 the amount of conviction that he has in the plays he installs and why RG3 needs to have the same, right? Like that example, I heard you and Levin talking about it last week. It's because he thinks that if he puts so much time and research and thinks about all the variables before making a decision, he's already thought of anything. So how can you question him? That's right. why he doesn't like press conferences because he yeah. thinks I've already thought of everything. I've come up with that. This is the right answer. Now, how can you think of everything and come up to a different conclusion than me? It's not right. It's impossible. I've thought of it all. I've done it. I've yes. done all the work. He really does. That's how he approaches like the going forward on fourth down stuff. Like he thinks like, I'm going to remove myself from the emotion of the moment. Think about it now figure out a course of action. So when I get in the heat of the moment, I'm not biased by my emotions or anything like that. And that's how he proceeds. That's why he almost never admits he's wrong because in his mind, like the result might not have been what he wanted, but the decision-making process right. was good. And I, I get where he's thinking with that, but it's also like sometimes just because you've thought of something ahead of time doesn't necessarily mean that you are yeah, correct. Completely, completely. Can we do exactly. a little something? I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right. I want you to be the media and be be the media like the way you and I wish they would be, not the pillowy soft buckets of goo that they are. Be the real media. I will be Kyle Shanahan in the first press conference tomorrow, and I will address things. I will tell people how I think Kyle should address things when he meets the media tomorrow. So I'm Kyle Shanahan. I wish I could grow out a beard, but I can't. But anyway, I'm going to sit down. Let me get my mean face on. <clears throat> okay. Mean, mean, hate the media, hate the media. All right, here we go. I'm going to sit down. I'm, here's what I'm going to say. Hello. Good to see you all again. I can't do a good Shanahan, but whatever. couple of announcements. see you all again. A couple it's of announcements. More, it's more like smirk, like so. <laughs> Injuries for today. Um, use check. He's got a stinger. Kittle, Debo, um, Armstead, they're out. They got um, veteran days. Bosa won't be here until a little bit. Um, what's up? Questions. Garoppolo got hurt, didn't return. It's like, yeah, dude, we know who didn't return. <laughs> Garoppolo, don't know if he'll be alive tomorrow. Glad he's alive today. Don't know what happens tomorrow to him. So if I'm Shannon, here's what I do. I sit down and I say, look, a couple of announcements before we take your questions. First, Brock Purdy's going on the pup list. He's working hard. Everything is on schedule. We're not going to rush him back. There's no need to rush him back out on the field. We're completely happy with Brock Purdy and where he's at. In the meantime, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are going to battle it out for the number two and three quarterback spots. 
The competition will last all of camp and all of the preseason. I will make a decision on the depth chart, as I always do, before our first regular season game. Don't ask me about who's in the lead. I'm not going to tell you. Don't ask me any of that. I'm not going to say anything until the end. All right, that's pretty much it. (laughs) One of the questions I wish that would be asked to him, and now I don't have the time to actually pull up the metrics, but I would imagine that everybody in the 49ers media that actually does this full time, they do have the time to be able to look up the metrics. I would have some statistic on the number of times the 49ers have gone hurry up in the last two years, and I would ask a question about this turbo package in the Play Callers podcast that they've went on and on about for one entire episode on how that particular package changed the game. I would ask a football question based on that. Like you've now off the top of my head, I can't remember the 49ers going hurry up in the last two years outside of the two minute drill. And even in the two minute drill, whether they go hurry up is a question mark. I can't remember that. Like I cannot. And I would love to hear Shanahan's football philosophical answer on a package that he thought was so valuable. What changed on using it now? McVay answered that question a little bit on the podcast, talking about, well, you know, the structure of defenses and them coming to the line with two different calls. So we don't know exactly what they're going to be in. So I don't know if pace necessarily helps with that because defenses are less about just lining up and being in what they're lining up, right? They're rotating and stuff. But that is something I would question about because they McVay never has gone away from pace. If you notice the Rams offense now last year, they weren't good because their offensive line sucked. But the year before, anytime they get a flow, McVay starts building pace and they start going quick. Before I get to that, do you have any issue with how I laid out the quarterback situation? As yeah. yeah. Brock, I, the first, sorry, the first question I would ask is what changed? How does how did Trey Lance go from being anointed the starter last year to competing with Sam Darnold? Is it that you view Sam Darnold as a starting caliber quarterback, so therefore you have him competing? Or is it that something has changed with Trey Lance over the last year? Yeah, it's if I were Kyle, I would say, look, we think we have three guys that can start yeah. now. We have three starting quarterbacks. And so we're going to let that process play itself out. And we think we're in a good spot. We love our quarterback room. We love the talent in our quarterback room. But you're right. They absolutely should ask that question. Because if they're saying they love Trey Lance more than ever, there should be no question who the number two quarterback right, is. Right. So the fact that there isn't, means that question has to be asked. I guarantee you it will never be asked. There is no right. chance that question right. gets out. Unless Grant no, no, nobody asked. Nobody's going to ask that. Nobody's going to ask that. They I should. Yeah. The, do you, I, I, go ahead. My bad. Do you think Brock starts on the pup list? First of all, because yeah. that's yeah. what I think. And I think they should do that. Just take him out of the equation. Yeah. Otherwise, if yeah. he's not, then he's there. People are going to be like, why didn't he do anything? Did he have a setback? Like, just take him out of the equation for now. You can you can take him off the pup list anytime you want during camp. It's not like during the regular season. Yeah, I agree. I think pop, Brock starts on the pup list. And I don't think that's going to mean anything. I think a lot of people are going to put in stock. But I, I said this last week. If anybody remembers, 2019, Western Richburg was on the pup list until – the Wednesday before week one at Tampa Bay, right? He didn't play a single preseason game. He didn't practice the entire offseason. He was recovering from that torn quad before he tore his patella against New, uh, New Orleans, and that ultimately ended his career. But it's not going to say anything for Brock Purdy unless right. he doesn't start week one. And I think if he can get it to the point where he's healthy before week one and he starts week one, it'll be kind of his job for the rest of the season. But if he doesn't make it to week one and somebody else starts week one, and I think whether Brock Purdy is the starter 
remaining forward depends on how the team does. Not even how the guy individually plays who ends up starting week one. It all depends right. on whether the team is winning, regardless yes. of, yeah. I agree, because Kyle, if the team wins, Kyle's not going to bench you for, for no. performance, because he would have done that by now if that was something that he was going to do. So I right. completely agree with you. I think that's what they should do. Select players, quote unquote, will be available after the Shanahan and Lynch presser tomorrow. Do you think Trey Lance will be among the players that speaks in that group? Yeah, I, I think both him and him, Darnold and Brock will either, either be all three of them speak together or yep. none of them speak. And tomorrow we get the Kittles, the Warners, the use checks, the Debo's, the Eric Armstead's, those guys. Yeah. Yep. And the first question, all those guys is going to be. Did Trey Lance look any different to you? How did Trey yeah, look out yeah, there? Did his, yeah, pass, did his yeah. passes? And Kittle's just going to be like, God damn it, we're here and again. It, it's, it's weird, too, because you can see that the players are way more cognizant about how they answer that particular question because, like yep. it or not, they've read the backlash on how those questions in regard to Trey Lance have been answered, so you can see how careful they are, right? Like, yes. how Yushek goes on the John Middlecoff with Middlecoff and Haberman. He's like, hey, hey, guys, wait, wait, wait. None of us, you said that, that's totally wrong, calling them out about something about Trey Lance. I would have said, well, Kyle Juszczyk, you give me that impression when the guy gets hurt and you come to the press conference right after the game, the guy gets hurt and says, well, now we felt like we were back playing 49ers football. Well, and so they're more cognizant about it. The media is going to do a good job painting them as a certain way, and they're going to do it that way. But again, I'm skeptical of this entire ordeal. With the quarterback competition, all of it, it, it this doesn't it, it doesn't work. Do you think we get a Bosa extension announcement with Shanahan and Lynch in the presser tomorrow? Because like, why why does no. Lynch even need to be there? Like, what is the point of that? And Lynch is going to have another press conference next week too. So that's really weird. Like, come on, announce the no. Bosa. That's the no. way to kick off camp, right? No, Everybody's I don't gonna- think so. I don't think so, Rob. The Bosa deal is going to have guaranteed money that's going to go beyond even what they gave quarterbacks because they hedged the crap out of the two big quarterback contracts they gave in Colin Kaepernick and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. What do you think they've been doing up to this point, Vish? You think they've been... Rob, Rob, if there's one thing we know about the 49ers is they're one of the most reluctant teams in the NFL to give out guaranteed money. The way they structure contracts is that guaranteed at signing number is always a little bit lower than what other teams are willing to give out. Debo got the most money they've ever given out guaranteed at signing. Bosa's money is going to double that. I think Debo got like 50, 40 or 50 million. You think Bosa's going to get less than a hundred million dollars no. no guaranteed chance. at signing? Yeah, they're going to take some get, time to do that. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get the most any defensive player in the history of the league has ever gotten. That's the way to kick off camp. Damn it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I know you want to hear about the quarterbacks. Before we get to the quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah, quick yeah. announcement. Nick Bose is going to be here for the next five years, the next seven years, whatever the hell the contract ends up being. We love Nick Bosa, foundational piece, blah, 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 blah. Then you skip over or you delay at least some of the quarterback talk because you're going to ask four, five, six questions about the Bosa situation that's what the Niners should do make it happen John Lynch what the hell else have you been doing in the past four days by the way I think they'll get it done I just think it's going to take a little bit of time I don't think they get it done like the first day of camp like I think it'll take this first week I mean negotiations with the Niners always seem to reach a point where everything has to go bad before everything goes good I don't think it will with this I don't either I was going to say that yeah 
sorry to cut you off. Bosa's not going to get emotional about it. He's going to be like, this is what we want, and we'll get it from somebody. And if it's not the Niners, whatever. Like, the Bosa's know how to deal with this contract stuff. They're both very good. Don't forget their dad played in the league as well. Like, this is not their first rodeo. Nick just saw everything that Joey went through with the Chargers. Like, I think he gets it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's my question, right? One of the biggest things with the 49ers roster is, hey, they don't pay their quarterback. That's why they can keep all these players. When they pay both, they're going to be essentially paying the quarterback. Because we yeah. saw Chris, we saw the note, we saw the uh, reports today that Chris Middle or uh, Chris Jones, excuse Chris me, I don't know Middleton, Chris Middleton, or the Bucks, former, De- former Detroit Pistons, drafted and developed by the Detroit Pistons, and then <laughs> sent to the Bucks. Let's let's More say Detroit that, Detroit. okay? Yes, my Detroit Pistons, but Chris Jones is looking for thirty million dollars a year annually. I think T.J. Watt right now is at twenty nine point eight. Joey Bosa is at twenty eight point one, and Aaron Donald's at thirty one point six. Nick Bosa is going to be above 30. He's getting above 30. Above 30 to me, when we start talking about that, that's quarterback money. Do you think Mm -hmm. that that's going to start to change the variables of how we look at this roster? I mean, just two, three years ago, it was all young players that was on the precipice of being paid. Now we're at a point where everybody's going to be paid and they, they have a large quarterback contract, but it's not going to be paid to a quarterback. But most teams have two. Most teams have that quarterback deal. And somebody else. Technically have four. The Hargrave contract, the Debo contract, the Trent Williams contract, and the Bosa contract. But those aren't quarterback money deals. But those add up to a quarterback plus a player plus a player. Yeah, but again, other teams also have that stuff too and the quarterback. But it brings us to a roster building standpoint, right? Would you rather have quarterback plus player player or would you rather have four really good players and then this quarterback? I think the history league shows you got to have the quarterback. You have to have the quarterback if you ultimately want to get where you have to go. And again, as we've been saying for like the past four years now, we will find out, hopefully. Can we say it's two things? Can we say it's two things? You need the quarterback, but you also need the Nick Bosa on defense, right? Like the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes, but they have this guy that might be the best defensive tackle in football that we don't talk about that kind of spearheads their defense year after year. And Chris Jones, too. And then the year before that, the Rams got Stafford, but they had Donald as well. The year before that, right, Tampa Bay loaded to the max on defense, but they also had the quarterback. The greatest quarterback of all time. They had the quarterback. (laughs) Then the year before that, right, Chiefs, Jones, Mahomes, 2018, Brady. Brady plus Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think you need the defense. Well, you need some semblance of a defense, but like the Chiefs defense last year was not anything special, but 
They have Patrick freaking Mahomes, man. They got lit up. In the Super Bowl. They got lit up in yeah, the Super Bowl. They did. They did. Though Nick Bolton made the one play, the one play they needed. When when Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball yeah. inexplicably. Yes, I know. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like we are veering off course here. It's supposed to be 49ers training camp, damn it. Here's what I want to see. I want to see a Bosa extension. I want to see a super in shape Debo Samuel, which from everything I've seen on all his offseason workouts, he seems to be at least in better shape than he was last year. I want to see Ayuk come out and actually back up the mini camp that look, you know, looked so good. And we're going to see all this, by the way, because the joint practices with the Raiders are coming up. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I'm sure you caught this yesterday, Bish. Our boy, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, passes the training camp physical. Congratulations. He's going to be there in the joint practices. So you are going to have potentially Garoppolo on one side, Lance on the other, going against each other in the joint practices. I cannot wait to, to hear about what happens in these things. They should light up that defense. Um, the Raiders really should the back seven of that defense is terrible. It's terrible. Well, but the Raiders lit up the 49ers defense last year when they played. Uh, well, perhaps that happens in practice though. I, I think that even if Jimmy Garoppolo is lighting you up, he'll always even the practice out. Cause you'll get the two interceptions <laughs> notched on your statistical profile. So that's okay. Um, I Ellie Ellis underscore 10 brings out the most important point in him passing his physical, which is the compensatory pick. He now counts for the compensatory formula. So that's huge. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Also great test for the offensive line of the Niners. There's three very different, but freaky athletes on that um, Raiders defensive line. That'll be good test to see in one-on-ones, right? Max Crosby, He's one of the best defensive players in the sport. Chandler Jones is a freaky athlete, though he's not the same player. And then they drafted Tyree Willison from Texas Tech, who is another freak in his own right. And so it'll be a good test for the Niners tackles against those three edge players because that'll give you a good balance of a combination of speed with length, with power. And then you have Max Crosby, who plays like his hair's on fire every play of every game of, yeah, Hopefully we don't get a quarterback injured in practice. That's all I'll say. If if, if a quarterback's going to get injured in those joint practices, let it be Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all I'll say about that. It's going to be a non-contact injury, which those have already started coming out, right? Yes, DJ Gardner-Johnson, although knock on wood, it looks like that's not yeah. serious, uh, supposedly. Which is Hines as well. Oh, that well, that was a jet ski, right? Didn't he get hit on a jet ski? Somebody oh, got was it non-contact outside of the team facility? Somebody got hit on a jet ski. They weren't even moving, apparently, and someone crashed into them. So no, that's uh, Robbie 439 says, do you think some of our vets on defense will go somewhat easy on Jimmy in that practice? No, no they never no. went easy on Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember the five straight interceptions in practice? That was a thing that happened. They're not going to go easy on him, especially now. I don't think so. I think it's going to be the other way around. I'll, I'll put it in terms. I'll put it in terms that everybody understands, right? Like this is when, you know, so I, I had this situation a lot because uh, I played club soccer and then I played high school, right? And all the kids I played. So in my area, all of the kids we played club soccer with, we all went to different high schools and we played each other in high school. And it's like, I think everybody identifies with the feeling like that's your boy on the other side. Like you play together, but mm -hmm. also you want to, you want to give it to him in that game. Like for sure. Like you want to give it to him. It's not personal, but you want to give it to him. And so a hundred percent, like in my own very small scale example of my 
very limited and unathletic sporting <laughs> career, I will mention that as an example of a way that I think that these athletes would identify with the feeling of playing against their friend in a very similar fashion where they want to show up their friend, but they also still like him and still cool with him, all that. And you know my philosophy when it comes to joint practices. I love hearing what the other team has to say about my team because they have no incentive to lie. They don't have to. It doesn't matter to them if the 49ers quarterbacks are good, bad, or ugly. But when the 49ers had joint practices with the Chargers a few years ago and the Chargers players are laughing at Jimmy Garoppolo and mocking him to his face on the practice field saying they pay the quarterback too much. They were, they, to be fair, they were allegedly mocking the entire quarterback room. But yeah, okay. specifically the quotes were, how do you pay that guy? They laughed at him when he threw the pick six, all of it. Yeah, right. And we know this because Kyle Posey was there who was working for Niners Nation. He heard them firsthand. So we this isn't like, oh, so-and-so said, he went, no, like Kyle was there. He heard it. That sent a message to me like, Okay, this is dicey, right? Like, that does matter to me. So I'm very interested. What are the Raiders players saying about Trey Lance, about Brock Purdy, if he's there, although he's probably not going to be doing anything, about Sam Darnold? And don't forget what Matt Mayoko said, as Vicious Giant Water Bottle makes another appearance on the show. Don't forget what Matt Mayoko said. He said the joint practices with the Raiders are going to be very important for Trey Lance and could potentially, possibly, lead to a trade if he plays well. So I'm fascinated by what happens in the joint practices, which I believe are the first week of August. Yeah. Which by the way, he said that, but he also said nothing has changed with Trey Lance at a similar right. timeline in that interview that they love him more than they ever have. Yeah. So, you know, in some ways he said in some ways. Yeah. He also oh, said here's that. another question. Here's another question. I'd love to ask Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Compliment Trey, we know Trey Lance is an excellent human being that you love the person and all of that. What is it about a, him as a quarterback that you like? <laughs> right. I haven't heard that in two years, man. Well, yeah, right. It's always, he's made of the right stuff. We love him all, you know, hard worker, blah, blah, blah. It's never, you, you know, when Brock was playing and Trey was hurt, Trey was really good to Brock. Yeah, right. That's true. That's what they've talked about. Um, I, that's a fair question too. I'd love it. I, I want them to get grilled on this stuff because it does matter and it's just weird. And we haven't been able to really like talk about anything for months, but that's and not gonna... I, I would love to ask a question about the Jeff Christensen versus 3D QB, because something that people forget in the timeline of all of this mm -hmm. is before Trey Lance. So Trey Lance had his first pro day a week before the 49ers traded up. I think Trey Lance's first pro day was like March 23rd, March 24th in that round. The 49ers traded up March 28th. Why do I know the 49ers traded up March 28th? Because I was driving back from getting my second vaccine. And that's when <laughs> the 49ers <laughs> traded for. So it's etched in my memory. It, or 28th or 29th. But I need to check my vaccine card. But they traded on one of those dates. But the point is, at that time, Trey Lance did his first pro day with Quincy Avery, and Sean McAvoy and all those guys, I think their school is QB takeover. But that's okay. who he did his first pro day with. That's who he had been working out with after leaving NDSU, after having that one game where he played really badly, actually. It was like yep. 15 for 30 is one game in 2020. And then he went on to train the entire pandemic year and go on to do all that. The 49ers make the move up, and then they shift Trey Lance's camp. So at the time, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields were the two quarterbacks working out with 3D QB in L.A., with John Beck, who's 
Kyle Shanahan's former quarterback. Shanahan mentioned he loved him before the 2007 draft. They worked together in Washington. John Beck, 3D QB, they've worked with Matt Ryan in the 15 to 16 offseason they worked with him, and they've worked with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have a lot of familiarity not only with the offense, but also obviously with the quarterback and the mechanics stuff, but how it fits into the offense as well. Well, they had him work out there. He did his second pro day, which was for the 49ers pretty much. That second pro day was under the guise of 3D QB. Then the 50 days or whatever he got off between the offseason and whatever, he worked out in L.A. with them. And then the next offseason, he worked out fully with them in L.A. Now, we know how he got connected with Jeff Christensen. Jesse Naylor has told the story of how he was rehabbing with Patrick Mahomes' trainer. And when they were rehabbing, getting back to throwing, that's where he got with Jeff Christensen, right? But I, I think that it's fair to assume, based on the last two years of evidence, that, hey, he went to work out with John Beck and 3D QB in L.A. because the 49ers wanted him to. Why did he change quarterback trainers this offseason? And did the 49ers have a recommendation in him working out with them? And did they feel that he didn't get enough out of it? And that's why he changed trainers. Or I would, I would like the question asked to Trey Lance then too. Why did you change trainers? And I would like it asked to Kyle Shanahan as well. Did you recommend that he go to 3D QB? Because if you ask Kyle Shanahan, why did you change trainers? He said, you have to ask Trey. So I would like to ask them to ask Kyle Shanahan, did you guys recommend that he go to 3D QB? And I would like to ask Trey Lance, why did you shift trainers? And the weird thing is like Trey never acknowledged that he that he switched trainers or did any work with Christensen. They asked him last, I think it was Barrow specifically said, are you going to work on your delivery at all? Are you going to do any of that? And he was like, no, he said, yeah, no, he said no. And then all of a sudden he's working with Jeff Christensen. So that is absolutely fair to say, hey, Trey, like, why did you? And you don't have to like, don't do a big lead up or anything. Just say, Trey. Why did you work out with Jeff Christensen this offseason when you've never done it before? Done. And then let whatever he says, he says. Um, but that's completely fair because I feel like even in that video, the audio of that video, he talks about like Lance is talking about like the mental side of things, the mental side of the game. I feel like what he's tried to tell 49ers fans is that all his changes have to come from the neck up, that it's the right. mental side of it that he, you know, really needed to he had a better expectation of what the team wanted from him and he's trying to make it seem like all his changes have to come from mental side of things whereas what he's doing is changing the physical stuff the physical throwing motion the physical footwork right, which right. in hand said looked better so that's a really weird thing uh by the way jesse naylor is here he says oh. they had him work with 3d quarterback because they couldn't have private right. workouts they wanted inside info and right. they wanted him to stay there. Right. But he continued, he continued to work out with them, right? Like he could have worked out with them before the draft, but it felt right. like he continued. And that was, was because the Niners wanted him there. He was trying to get drafted yeah. by the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I, it's weird that, that Lance. Go ahead. Is, sorry. Sorry. I just think it's yeah. weird that Lance is trying to sell you on mental changes that need to be made. Whereas everything in reality he's doing is to change physical stuff. Right. By the way, by the way, in regards to this physical stuff and all of that, this is one of my biggest frustrations, too, when this 22nd clip comes out. Everybody goes, oh, he's changed. He looks completely different throwing. He looks all of this. Ask one of the people who says he's changed what's changed about his throwing. Right. What are the differences in what he's actually <laughs> doing that's different? None of them can tell you. Nobody can tell you that. And that's my biggest problem in how people discuss this, right? Because this was the third overall pick in the draft, Rob. Of course, he looks great throwing in T-shirt and shorts. 
No guy who was drafted in the history of the top five of the draft doesn't look good throwing in T-shirt and shorts. That's the bare minimum. And people turn it into a, oh, he's changed so much as if the guy was throwing like Tim Tebow before. That right, was never, never the case. Was. That was never the case. And even these adjustments with Jeff Christensen, I'm sure if you asked him, he would call them minor because these are little things that he's working on. But people call them drastic because they can't tell you what was going on before or what is going on now. So that's one of that's another frustration, by the way, I have. I, it's This is the Vish venting show, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's another frustration I have with this. Like, if you're going to get into, well, he's completely changed as a quarterback based on eight seconds of him throwing the ball, well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about what's changed. Is the distance of how far the ball is going back when he's throwing. And some people do. And you get a good opportunity to listen and learn from them. But a lot of people just get into, well, he's different, all of this. Well, third overall pick always looks good throwing the football in shorts and a T-shirt. And he he did. By the way, he did. That's another thing I don't like. Go watch his pro day. He did look good throwing the football when he before yeah. he was drafted. This is so hilarious. Some people are saying Vish is right. Look, Vish knows his stuff. And then we get uh, – this from Sacktown, Izzy. So we're still bashing Lance for absolutely no reason. Come on, Vish. Like, no, I'm not bashing Lance at all. I, I'm just saying that I'm not ready to say there's going to be changes. Like, I still think there's an upside for Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is going to improve. But I, I've said this, and I said this last year. I think Trey Lance's improvement comes by him getting to play. Like, I don't yeah. think he transforms in an offseason. You give him week one, week two, week three, week four, well, hell, we might find out at week 17 he's a star quarterback. Who knows? Right. But I think that that he needs week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. We can't just say four games and then one off seasons enough to completely turn him into a different quarterback. You can't take shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. He's going to have to go through it. So is Brock, by the way. I yeah, know that same thing, same thing. People, yeah, 100%. People think that like Brock, oh, Brock Purdy's not going to have any growing pains because he did, you know, they didn't lose a game last year. No, Brock is going to go He's through gonna it. He's going to go through it this year too in his own Every, way defensive coordinator in the league has been studying Brock Purdy for months, trying to come up with ways to stop him, studying his tendencies, all of that stuff. Brock's going to have to go through it too. And I don't know if the 49ers seem like they've always been trying to avoid that with Trey Lance. I know that the narrative they're trying to sell you is that they were ready to go through those growing pains, even though they never were. And that's a bullcrap narrative. And because don't they believe signed Jimmy Garoppolo to hedge the growing pains. Yeah, exactly. But they're going to have to go through it now, unless they think they could skip it with Sam Darnold, which is laughable. <laughs> Forget by the way, by the way, yeah, this transformation too, the two quarterbacks in recent memory that have actually made the transformation where they've continued playing without the long hiatus in their career, which is Geno Smith, is Daniel Jones and Alex Smith. Daniel Jones and Alex Smith. Alex Smith's first year starting with Greg Roman, Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. Again, the weapons weren't good in San Francisco, right? They, they got to a point week 12 where Joe Hastings, is starting on the other side of Michael Crabtree at wide receiver. So the weapons weren't good. But Alex Smith threw for like 3,200 yards and 17 touchdowns and five picks, right? Like his numbers were rudimentary where he left plays on the field, but the point was he was no longer turning the football over. Daniel Jones last year, he ran the ball great. Um, their weapons sucked. Daniel Jones left so many plays on the field, but it was okay because Daniel Jones was no longer turning the football over. To me, Sam Darnold, that transformation happens the same way. It's not that Sam Darnold is going to all of a sudden come out and just look like a prime Matt Ryan to me. I think if Sam Darnold's turnovers decrease, the number of plays he's going to make is also going to decrease. He needs to gain confidence not turning the football over before yes. he transforms into a player that actually pushes the ball down the field. It, it, I think it exists for all of them. They all have growing pains in their own 
areas. And this is part, again, I'm skeptical of this quarterback position. Yes, but I, Fish, I'm very if much Sam so. Darnold was capable of stopping the turnovers, he would have done it by now. Every coach that's ever had Sam Darnold has said exactly that. If he could just stop turning the ball over, he ain't. Let's pretend he's capable, Rob. Even he's if he not. is capable, it takes a year to transform that. It doesn't transform overnight is my point. Right. right? I agree. Right. I agree it doesn't happen overnight, but I also think that he's not capable. It's both of okay, those. Okay, fair, fair. If, if you think he's not capable, that's a totally fair take. I'm not ready yeah. to say whether he is or isn't capable, but what I'm saying is I don't think he's just going to come in, walk in, and be a completely different player. Even if he gets a chance to play for the 49ers and he is markedly better, I still think it will take a year of comfortability for him before we even look at him as a starting caliber quarterback. If that and then he's a free agent after the year yeah, that, so that yeah you really don't unless you want to re-sign him but if he has anything resembling a good year he's going to want to hit the open market again and get as much as he can so yeah, yeah it's a it's a very very weird situation but at least we're finally going to get to see it are you going to be locked into the training camp statistical numbers that get tweeted oh, 100%, 100%. out 100 no of course not i'm going to be locked into what people are saying i think that's going to give it more than anything um players know when players are playing well and even the media knows for the obvious guys right like george kittle walked in his rookie meeting camp and matt mayoko matt barrows all these people told you that hey that's different dre greenlaw similar kind of thing in his first rookie meeting camp the best example of this to me is michael crabtree he signs the contract week five and he's starting that game against houston right so like they know right they know who's good and who's bad, we'll know who's playing well and who isn't. And then the guys in between, they'll give you the wishy-washy answers that they have given about this quarterback situation year after year after year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Vince and Vega. Vince Vega from Pulp Fiction, apparently. Uh, you guys see the Steve Young interview with Matt Mayoko. Now, full disclosure, I haven't watched the full thing. I know that Mayoko was trying to take a victory lap because Steve Young was saying nice things about how Sam Darnold throws the football. Uh, newsflash, Matt, that doesn't change your stupid comment from earlier this offseason where that Sam Darnold is the greatest thrower of the football the 49ers have ever had. No, he's not. And I also don't really give a crap what Steve Young says because last year he said we should sign up for 10 years of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, are we just forgetting that? Steve Young is a fan like us. He has more knowledge than most fans. Yes, but let's stop acting like his analysis is more valuable. Every Steve Young Young interview is the same. Now, he's very insightful because he knows exactly what he's talking about. And because he knows his compliments and deficiencies when describing a player are always accurate. Now he's always extremely optimistic and every interview has the same five things is one in 1988, Bill Walsh sat me down in his office and told me this <laughs> Two, Mike Holmgren used to say this about quarterbacks and three, when you go back into my career and look at what I did, well, no one can look at what you did. You were a two time MVP who finished his career with a pass rating of like 98, which was highest at the NFL in time. Like it, Every interview is just, hey, Bill Walsh. Like, I'm actually glad they took him off ESPN. Huge Steve Young fan. 
But I was sick of every game, everything, him going, well, Bill Walsh, you know, you know what he used to say. Mike Holmgren, you know what he used to say. Well, Steve, I want to hear what you have to say. Because, yeah, and I also just know, like, he wants to say nice things about the 49ers quarterback. When's the last time Steve Young came out and was like, this guy stinks. This guy doesn't have it. This guy's bad no, at this. No. He's bad at that. He just doesn't do that. So I'm not going to throw a parade for whatever comments Steve Young made to Matt Mayoko, which I know he also said Brock Purdy has the force, which I totally disagree right. with, by the way. I don't think that Brock Purdy is this instinctive quarterback player. I think that Brock's instincts are when you get bad Brock. I think his instincts are messed up. If you go back and watch some of the stuff he did in college, I think his instincts led him astray. He talked about how the longer he was in there, he kind of strayed away from what Kyle wanted. Yeah. I think when he first got in there, he was like, I will do exactly what they say. I will be robot quarterback. I will throw the ball to the X when this defense is on the field. And then when he got in and got comfortable, he started getting away from that. And that's when I think he's, you saw his play start to slip a little bit. But Rob, I, I disagree with that. Cause I think isn't, there is instinct in playing within the offense too. Cause I think a lot of people call processing call it processing, but we're talking, Rob, about a three-second difference or two and a half seconds between when the ball is snapped and when the ball is thrown. So I think a lot of processing is instinctually and reactionarily being able to get to the right spot quickly. And in Brock Purdy's case, I do think he has good instinct within the offense. I agree with you. Some of that instinct is reckless playmaker instinct um, as well, right? Like this is a guy that has a play in college football where he gets the ball batted down and he bats it to a defender, turning it into a pick. That's like one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen in my life. That was Brock Purdy at Iowa State. So like there is that, but I don't think instinct is exclusive to, well, when it breaks down, he has an instinct and a creativity to make play like plays. Like Patrick Mahomes, for example, some of the decisions he makes from the pocket are so natural, so instinctive. It's like, how did you get there when you got there? The timing of all of that. That's just he has a natural feel for leverage. He knows where people are. I mean, Rob, we can go back to 2018. And the guy claims he didn't know how to read coverage in 2018. And he makes so many instinctive plays from the pocket, even in 2018, where it's like, how did you feel that guy was going to get open? Or how did you feel that window versus that and all of that? So. I think there's instinct playing within the pocket too. And I do think Brock Purdy does have some good instincts with that as well. Though I agree with you, relying on instinct is simply not everything. You have to prepare your instinct, right? And that's where practice, process, repetition goes into it because you're trying to create a moment where when you have the ball snapped to you and in those two and a half seconds, you're able to go through the right process to get the ball out. And that's what Trey Lance doesn't have because he hasn't played. He hasn't got those reps in. I don't think he has football instincts. That's why when people are like, he doesn't feel like a natural, natural, yeah. a natural thrower. It's because he's not yet. He's still turning into that because he literally has not played right. again. He has not started and finished back to back games since what was it? 2018. Yeah. No, since even he before played that. at NDSU, since he played at NDSU. Yeah. Since, he has not finished consecutive starts. So, that's how little he's played. And that's why it doesn't look the same when Trey's in there versus Brock. That's why when Brock got in there, we were like, oh, okay. Because Brock would go one, two, check down. And then and the offense would keep rolling. And Trey hasn't gotten there yet because Trey, is, he's still figuring that out. And, but and, and this is where I am with Trey, right? Like, it sounds negative on Trey. It's not that I don't believe Trey's fundamentals have improved, right? Like, I'm not going to be the one to say it because I'm not visually able to confirm it. 
but enough people are telling you they've improved to be able to accurately probably say that they've improved. But just by improving those fundamentals, I think people are expecting him to just magically transform as a quarterback. And people are saying, why are you criticizing Trey? No, I'm defending Trey. The expectations on Trey are unfair. He can't transform himself but so much unless he actually gets to play the game. And that needs to happen. And so I think Trey Lance, there's a path for him to be a star still. And I'm not even the most positive guy on Trey Lance, and I believe that. But I don't think that path excludes him just coming in next year, starting week one, and he looks like Patrick Mahomes. No, I think that includes a process of he plays week one, he gets to play week two. Now he gets to learn from week one and actually play in week two. Wow, what a a new concept. He gets to reach week eight in the NFL season after playing seven games, knowing how his body feels, going through the attrition. There's so much rookie players talk about them learning and growing from going through an NFL season as a starting quarterback. This Mm -hmm. guy hasn't gotten a chance to do that in five years not even in college football for more than a year. So I think that there's a lot that will grow, but that growth isn't going to just magically transform in an offseason where he rehabbed for the first part of it, and now he's been back working at his fundamentals and all of that. He'll be better, he'll be more comfortable, but playing great football also includes actually playing football. And I think a lot of people are discounting that, okay, well, he can ride the bench for a couple years being hurt, rehabbing all of that, and now he can just fix a few fundamentals with his throwing, and now he's going to be a very different quarterback. You have to play. Right, which is why when he does play and he struggles, people are going to be like, see, see, I knew it. Hey, I knew it. It's like, no. <laughs> That's not right. How- but anyway, Sheldon Salazar says, man, I'm so excited. We're so close to real football talk. As always, appreciate everyone on this show. You guys are the best. Good to hear Vish again. It is good to hear Vish again. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat, Sheldon. We do appreciate the support. Like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel and to Vish's channel. Vish, you are bringing the audience right now. There's more people watching on the Vish Kumaran YouTube channel than there is on the Gold Standard podcast youtube channel well, so I, well, I i gotta say that usually i'm not bringing the audience so i, I can't blame the audience here I, I understand appreciate it guys you know though i don't know if i'll maintain the audience because I, I was a little spicier than usual today i, I wonder like if it. they still think that you're the negative guy uh, it's so funny to me because i don't think i'm i mean i haven't said a negative thing about this team in 10 weeks because they were never lost on the stretch last year I'd like to think of myself as positive. I think they're going to be okay with Colton McKivitz at right tackle. I really do. I think that his highs are not going to be as high, but I think that his floor is higher than McGlinchey's floor. McGlinchey had plays where he would just get wiped out immediately. I don't know that that's going to happen to Colton McKivitz that often. I think they'll be okay. I've seen this team. It's a different conversation too, right? Because a lot of people look at the talent of the offensive linemen. Here's what people don't understand. We talk about it with the quarterback. Kyle Shanahan, the genius play caller schemer that he is, makes life so much easier for offensive linemen too. The leverage that they have to reach on certain blocks, the way he creates leverage, right? Oh, look at Daniel Brunskill blocking Aaron Donald (laughs) one-on-one. Well, no, he's right. He's getting a favorable leverage on, on his like inside shoulder or something like that. And he's able to push him out of a play and something like that. So, when we're talking about lesser talented players, like, for example, their center, he's not a very talented player. Jake Brendel, like, you could – same thing I would say about him. They can get serviceable football out of him and give him a second contract because their scheme does a really good job protecting their offensive alignment. Now, we'll see if that carries over. Well, yes, and this is what I was about to say. There will be moments where scheme can't bail you out, 
And yes. we'll see what Shanahan does do or what McKivitz does in those areas. But this idea that their offensive line is going to be bad, I don't buy it. At worst case, it's going to be middle of the road because the scheme between the run game and the play actions and all of that protects the crap out of their offensive line. So Rich Madrid has chimed in. He said McKivitz is not good. He'll look good when the quarterback throws in less than 2.5 seconds. I agree. Like you said, there are some moments where you, you can't hide people. But the 49ers' entire game plan, you know, is avoiding those. It's avoiding the straight drop back situations on third and long because they, I think they know that there are deficiencies there. Now that again, those are going to happen. Guys get penalties, sack, whatever, like you, that's unavoidable. You can't hide everybody forever, but I think most of the time they're going to be able to hide most of the deficiencies. I, I, I think that they'll be okay. And I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because of what happened with Brendo last year, because of what happened with banks and Burford, they were able to move the ball with that offensive line. And they were major questions for me going into the season last year along the offensive line. So Especially I'm trying- Aaron Banks, right, Rob? What did you say about Aaron Banks? I said, I thought he was a stiff. I thought he would just be a scrub and be out of the league. I was a thousand percent wrong. You can try and throw that at me. I wear it. Okay. I wear it like a badge of honor. And if Aaron Banks ever came on this show, I would tell it to his face, dude. I thought you sucked. I thought you were going to be awful. And I was wrong. Like, I don't run from it. That's, you know, that happens, man. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt this year along the offensive line. I'm not going to bash them for it yet. The last I'll, give year- them the be- I'll do the same thing. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt at quarterback. Everything they're doing, oh, quarterback no. competition, all of it, it's no, maybe no, pretty no. smart. We'll see what happens. But see, here's the difference, Vish. They earned the benefit of the doubt last year on the offensive line because their evaluations ultimately were right. They were telling right. you that these guys are going to be good enough, and we saw that they were. They've never done anything at the quarterback position to earn the benefit of the doubt. In fact, they've burned through any goodwill they might have had because they keep making stupid decisions. So that's to me where they don't get the benefit of the doubt because they they don't have any equity built up there. Yeah, I I see a very interesting comment directed to me. Judd Shuddy. Judd Shuddy says, Vish, if Kyle and the players talk about how good Trey is, you guys wouldn't be happy when you would complain if he's good. Why? Why did he start? He's not wrong. I would say that. I would, I would say that. I yeah. wouldn't complain if guys are talking about how good Trey is. That's good. That's well, fine. I just did it in the show, right? Kyle Yuschek went on an interview and was nice enough to stop them and say this. And I was like, Kyle Yuschek, you know what? The reason we all said this about you and the reason you had to correct it in the interview was because you were the one who said return to the 49ers football. That that was me. So he's not wrong. He's got a point. Or she. I don't have any problem with people talking nice about Trey Lance. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to believe them sight unseen. Like, I don't take player comments as gospel. It's a, it's a factor. I incorporate it into my thought. But then I also need to see for myself and my own eyes, like, is the proof in the pudding? And look, Kyle has said nice. Everybody said nice things about Trey. Debo has said a lot of nice things about Trey in that interview that he bailed out of early. He mm-hmm. actually gave a lengthy yeah. answer about Trey and, and how he was better. Kittle has talked about it. Kyle has talked about it. A lot of people have talked about it, but that's why I'm excited about this week because Wednesday we get to see. We get to start to see. Well, the Polaroid picture will start to develop on Wednesday. Right. What I'm right. now realizing is a very topical reference. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say, if I do hear that about Trey Lance, like I, I, I will feel very excited, as I did last offseason, to be fair. I got bamboozled as Stephen A. Smith led astray, hoodwinked. No, I did. Last offseason, I did. I was ex- Rob, I was expecting 
that Why? you would see a different football player because that's what we were getting sold the entire offseason. We were getting sold next Mahomes, right? We were getting pushback when people said arm fatigue. We were getting pushback when people said the accuracy is an issue. There was tangible pushback. I think everybody now, once the season went how it was, Brock Purdy was how it was, now they take a step back and say, well, see, hey, I, I told you, man, it wasn't that good then. We knew it. We saw it coming. Hey, guys, Brock Purdy was really good in camp. But nobody was saying that then, Rob. It was BS. Everybody was saying he was top 10 in MVP odds. He actually has better MVP odds than uh, Brock Purdy, I think, this year. He did for a while. Um, Edgar Rosario watching on YouTube says, what will they do when teams play the 49ers like Philly did, which was not caring about the play action and getting to the quarterback? If, if teams are going to not care about the play action, Kyle Shanahan's going to take advantage of that too. Like, I'm not worried that like, oh no, the Eagles cracked is, the code. Is the play that they, wait, is the play that they didn't quote unquote care about the play action, the Hassan Reddick play? Yes. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I would, I would say that. And Robbie 439 says Larry saw it. Yes. Larry Kruger is the one person who was. Yeah. Congrats to Larry Kruger. Yeah. Like, the broken clock is right twice a day. Like, hey, 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 hey. why you got to throw some hate at Krug? Come on, man. Larry said Brock, Pru- uh, Brock Purdy was good for a little while. Okay, cool. Larry's also said a lot of other stuff that didn't turn out to be correct. Like Fair. all of us. Like Fair. all of us, right? Fair, that yeah. Me, like everybody that does this job. Especially me. Why? I don't understand why we got to give Larry Kruger an ice cream cone every time we bring up Brock Purdy. Like, congratulations, dude. Like, damn. And it's not even Larry. It's not Larry doing it. It's other people doing it for Larry. Right. Larry never comes out and goes, see, I told you everybody about Brock Purdy. He's not <laughs> worn that. Actually, I, I bring it up probably more than he does. He's moved way on from it. And he talks about the situation for what it is. So shout out to him. But yes, and- he did see it before. Can we please get an accurate picture of what is going on at camp this year? Because I feel like for whatever reason, like there's still debate about whether Brock Purdy was good at camp. Grant Cohn says Brock Purdy was terrible in camp last year. So like, I just want to know, like, please, whoever is there, our people are there, Jason and Steph, Larry Kruger, Mayoko Barrows, Jennifer Lee Chan, Tracy Santa, whoever is out there, please just tell us what's happening. Just give us an accurate picture, please. That's all I ask. Well, we'll get the stats. So we'll, we'll try to decide from the stats what's going on. I, I will say this, going back to what prompted this entire conversation about teams not respecting the play action on the Eagles play. I, I mean, if you look at the timing of that play, if Brock Purdy takes one hitch and throws that football, I, you it's wide open. the play action timing, everything is on rhythm, on timing. So I don't know if Riddick necessarily disrespected the play action because he didn't get there before he was supposed to, right? You take one hitch in the pocket and take a step up and throw the football on time, you get hit, but the ball's still out on time. So I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll go back and watch that game. That's the one game I haven't done that with, but I don't, I never got the idea that the Eagles weren't respecting the play action. Like Shanahan talks about in the play caller podcast, as long as he can get you to uh, respect his run game, um, he feels like he has an advantage on offense every single play. And since 2019, the one thing he's had in San Francisco due to their variety, due to the way they scheme it up, due to the way they um, attack certain fronts and all of those kinds of things, they have never had a team disrespect their run game. It's Sometimes, uh, yeah. People, and Rich points out, lots of teams block Reddick on a play action one-on-one with third string tight ends. Like, you, I got into it with Grant last week about this, like, you can't legislate injuries out of the game. You just you can't just oh well if I call the perfect plays, nobody will ever get hurt. Like, no, 
it's a, just a crappy thing that happened on a play that they've run a bunch of times that a bunch of teams have run. And we, we can't deal with that as fans. We're still struggling with that. So we, we keep coming up with all these narratives about guys getting hurt and this, that, and the other thing, like, let it go, let it go. Last season is last season. This season is this season. And it starts this I, week. By the way, by the way, the two teams in the Super Bowl, both their quarterbacks were injured in the Super Bowl with the quote unquote two best offensive lines. Patrick Mahomes played on one leg and Jalen Hurts played the rest of the season with what bad ribs? What did he play with? I forget what his injury was, but yeah, he was hurt. Of course, because guys get hurt playing football. That's like that is unavoidable. So, again, I hope we get through that narrative and I can't wait. I cannot wait for the season to begin. It starts on Wednesday, first practice. We will be here with you live pretty much every weekday. 49ers and five is officially back this week. We got that going up again. So you'll get the five minute daily updates in the morning. Uh, doing those live on YouTube now, or not live, but doing like actual video versions on YouTube oh. now, trying that out. Got to step up the game for 2020. Are you on YouTube shorts? Are we just going to get shorts of Rob Guerrero, like 15 second rants? I mean, I could do that if, if people want it. God knows I've got enough 15 have seconds. You, have you considered getting on TikTok? I'm on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Yeah, at Stats on Fire. I am on TikTok. I've are been... you on fire on TikTok or are you just like nice stats? I'm not nice. I'm, I'm always on fire. You know how. All right. If you're maybe Stats on Fire, I feel like you could make, make it viral on TikTok. I don't want to be like that other 49er dude who all he does is yell all the time, though. So, Which but anyway. I don't know what his name is. He just yells all the time after every loss. He, you know, he's just, that's all he does. That's his thing. That that ground has been plowed. I get mad about real stuff. Anyway, that is true. That is true. You do get mad for valid reasons to get mad. You just get mad. I like that you get mad. I wish I could get mad. Oh, don't worry. I got enough anger for both of us, but please like, and subscribe to the gold standard YouTube channel. Like, and subscribe to Vish Kumaran's YouTube channel. Just search at Vish Kumaran. It'll pop right up and please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network. Like I said, if you want the show to continue and you want to support us, please, please, please leave a review. We will read it on the show. Vish, I missed doing shows with you and I'm so glad that we are back. You were all moved in. And so we will get back on the regular schedule as we get into the season. Me too. This is, I, I do a show with Larry, Jesse, and you primarily, you guys are just the people I have the most comfort with doing shows with. And I love our show as well. I love doing a show with you every Monday. You make it a different experience. I love that you and I come on to the show too, and we can say whatever we want to each other and we can disagree with each other. And it's cool. And you can't, I feel like you can't do a show unless you have two people willing to disagree. It doesn't have to be purposeful. It has to be organic. And I always appreciate that you have your own opinion. Sorry, Jesse just threw this in the chat. Like, you just lobbed this hand grenade, and now oh, after okay. <laughs> Guys do get hurt, Jesse says, but why up the chances? People die in car crashes, but I wouldn't recommend not wearing a seatbelt. Here's what I would say, Jesse. They did have a seatbelt on, but sometimes even when you wear your seatbelt, you still get hurt. Like, people are acting like Kyle Shanahan was driving 100 miles an hour down the highway, no seatbelt with his head out the window, driving with one of his thighs on the wheel. Like, that's not what happened. He was following the rules of the road. He had a seatbelt on. He called a play that he's called before that other teams have called. And it just so happened on this play, the guy got to the quarterback who didn't step up and his arm happened to bend at the worst possible angle and his UCL exploded. That's it. 
Maybe maybe he's talking about Trey Lance here. I don't know. Well, if you are, then I totally misread that. And let's be honest, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened. But anyway, I just had to get that in uh, before we left. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.